welcome to the Central Valley Politics Podcast, brought to you by the Student Media Center at California State University Stanislaus, home to the Signal student-run newspaper and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative radio station. You can find both of them online at csusignal.com or kcss.net. This is your student producer, Mariah Esparza. I'm an English major at Stan State, and I'm getting my journalism minor as well. I'm a student writer at The Signal, and I've been involved with KCSS for several semesters. Right now, I'm one of the music directors. And I'm really happy that I've gotten to collaborate with Dr. Stevens and her political communication students to produce this podcast. At Stan State, Dr. Stevens is a communication studies professor, and every election season, she teaches a class in political communication, where she and her students study history and theory as a means of better understanding the rhetoric surrounding current political campaigns. This year, they decided to reach out to a larger audience to share what they've learned about the local candidates that we all voted for in November, and so the Central Valley Politics podcast was born. This episode is a roundtable discussion with the team at Central Valley Politics. We talk about the aftermath of the election, Thanksgiving this year, and the importance of staying woke. Enjoy. Welcome to Central Valley Politics Podcast. This is our first roundup where we're going to all talk as a group. I think it should be fun. Uh, we've heard all of you talking uh, in podcasts already this semester about neat stuff. Um, and today we're going to start off, I want to introduce Mariah Esparza. You guys know her name because she is the producer of our podcast. And Mariah is going to start us off with conversation. Um, and then everybody make sure that you tell folks who you are the first time you talk so that they know who we're hearing from. All right. Hello, podcasters, Central Valley podcaster people. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and they're uh, inspired by the social justice conference that I went to this last um, week, not this last weekend, but the weekend before, and so I just have a couple of questions, and I know that we talked about it um, last time, but uh, the question was, how comfortable are you feeling after this election? And if you wanted to elaborate, if you are uncomfortable, specifically, what are your fears and what are your anxieties? Whoever would like to start. Uh, my name is Austin Larson. I just wanted to start it off. Um, so the whole like talk about racism and like all the whole like so how social media portrays like um, uh, like the arguments between blacks and whites or whites and blacks and then like other cultures as well. When I worked the next day, um, it was odd because it was the first time where I had to really think about my race and how other people might have saw me or looked at me because of my race because I'm white and I it's never like usually don't experience that or at least white people don't because of the whole white privilege um and I've never had to experience sitting there saying okay like do the skin like the color of my skin like I might be judged right now or like someone might just assume that I voted for Donald Trump and then assume that I'm racist so it was interesting for that to happen for the first time because I didn't think that that would ever, it just, it doesn't cross your mind until it happens, and it's, it's very interesting. Thanks, Thanks Austin. Austin. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for answering. Um, and so, does anybody have any similar anxieties or feelings like that? Yeah, so my name's Gabby Peralta, and I actually had the same experience as Austin did, because after the election, like, my Twitter feed completely blew up with all these things saying how Donald Trump was racist and how like with the whole white versus black people are white versus minorities. And that was the first time I've ever had to like kind of take a step back and say, oh wow, like I was kind of scared, not really to come to our campus, but just to be like out in public, to be honest, because I feel like people did view me different. Like 
whether I voted for Trump or Clinton, like I feel like people automatically assume that I voted for Donald Trump and it was kind of scary because I was hearing about all the riots that were happening and I was actually supposed to go to the city that weekend and I almost didn't go because I wasn't sure like how, if I would be safe or not. And it was weird being in that position because I've never felt like that before. Okay, and so th thank you, thank you for answering. And that's interesting because you were talking about last class how you were comfortable but it wasn't affecting you directly. And so these things that I'm hearing, it kind of directed you guys uh, or it affected you guys directly and so um, did you feel the need to like defend or just stay out of the conversation like what was the response to that so for me on Twitter I kind of made sure I was retweeting stuff that was pro Hillary because I didn't want people thinking that like I did vote for Trump if that makes sense so I was kind of like trying to not save face in a sense because all my the people I follow on Twitter they're all very very against Trump so I just made sure like people thought I voted for Clinton, whether I did or not, if that makes sense. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I just mm -hmm. left it to people to kind of, because the way I am, I wouldn't assume that someone voted for someone based off of the way they look or the way that they act. It's kind of, the way I am, I don't talk about politics to people, or I don't say who I voted for or anything like that. So I would hope they wouldn't either. So I didn't feel like I needed to defend myself or anything, but it was just a strange feeling to have for the first Thank you, thank you. Corey? Uh, my name is Corey Kirk, and uh, going based off of what uh, Gabby and Austin have been saying, I felt like there was almost like a pre-made impression on a lot of people uh, the day after, you know, post-election and everything, and it, you can almost feel almost like a tension uh, just in, in any type of social environment where um, you're, uh, people are attempting to kind of say, okay, who did it, you know? And for me, you know, on a social media aspect, I. I'm not, I'm not fearful of it affecting directly, but I felt like um, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and even though that that opinion might seem absolutely ludicrous to you, I mean, it gave them. I pushed the importance to vote in general rather than to vote for a certain a certain candidate in any way. Uh, I'm very pro liberal. I do have friends that are conservative. Um, you know, we agree to disagree, but uh, I chose to completely back away from any type of political, you could say, argument and just kind of have some hope that instead of us keep pulling each other apart, that we can come together and kind of just push forward and look to the future. Okay, thank you. That is a good, I think that's an important thing for people to be thinking about. Um, I know that it's difficult on social media. It's like two very extreme viewpoints and it's like you're for one or the other. And so I think that's important to think about coming together and pushing forward. Um, so did anybody else have any specific fears or anxieties to talk about? Okay, cool, sorry. Uh, the next one is um, why is discussing politics with others important? Because it, during a social justice conference, I talked to the dean of the Arts and Humanities and Social Sciences, and he said one of the reasons that they were having the conference was to talk about things that were uncomfortable or difficult to talk about, or things that we didn't think about because it didn't directly impact people in the Central Valley. So why do you think talking about it is important? Talking about politics is important. My name is Clayton Cummings, and um, I think um, the truth is always hard to talk about. So, I mean, you know, politics in America right now has, has affected everyone on some on some level. And I think um, 
that's the the thing that our country is not used to. You know what I mean? Because everyone has to deal with this, whether you're white, black, whatever, whatever religion you are. You know what I mean? This this politics has really affected everyone. So, I mean, yeah, that's that, that's it that I had. Thank you, thank you, Gabby. Yeah. I thought, what can you reiterate? Um, why do you think discussing politics with others is important? I think it's important because I like to understand my friends' views because, like, I feel like I have been very pri privileged in my life. So, like, I at the beginning of this class. Um, I would have voted for Donald Trump because that was just, I was raised Republican, I'm a white, my dad voted for him, but um, so like listening to my friends talk and seeing how voting for a certain candidate would actually affect like my friends' lives really helped me and like even discussing in this class like how it would affect like things I didn't even think about, like women's rights, all that stuff. So I think it's important to talk about because a lot of it I would have never known. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, discussion is an important way to get information and especially uh, to check your skills about um, taking what people say at face value and making sure it's like, oh, maybe I should fact check that. So I think that's an important thing as well. So. My name is Joseph Saragoza, and I think it's important to discuss politics with others because um, it's, it's important to be knowledgeable of other people's viewpoints. So whether you agree or disagree, and I, I say this in, I guess, kind of a light way because sometimes it's hard to, um, to hear other people's opinion, but I feel like people would get along better if they knew other people's viewpoints and you don't necessarily have to agree, but just stay educated with what's going on in the world and that there are other people that don't face the same challenges or um, overcome things you know, just like one person does. So it, it's important to stay open-minded and to um, to be able to communicate with others about what you believe in and listen and understand to what they believe in. Okay, thank you. That actually leads into the next question that I kind of had is um, a lot of us have said, oh, we kind of backed out of those conversations on social media or at Thanksgiving. And I think an important question is to think about when you're discussing politics, politics is how do we make sure people feel safe when talking about it with us? I would say kind of uh, attempt to play devil's advocate no matter what in a conversation. Uh, even if uh, you are in a group full of people that have liberal views, uh, attempt to try to reason with them on what the conversation would be on the other side. Uh, through that type of discussion, you're able to have a logical stance on everything rather than uh, more of an emotional thing. A lot of people have many different views on the president-elect Donald Trump, but uh, the most common ones are the stuff that you see on TV, everything. I'm, I'm the type of person now, thanks to this class, I like to look into the policies, I like to look into everything. And not everything that Donald Trump wants to do is something I agree with, but there's gonna be some stances that I do believe that he actually will push in the right direction. You know, it's a matter of being able to show that, hey, like, your opinion, even though it might differ from somebody else's, is always important on where you stand and um, how that can benefit you in the future into becoming even a more wiser voter. Mm -hmm. So it's important to let people know that their opinion is important. Absolutely. 
Um, this is Clayton again. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's important to address anyone that you're going to, you know, talk to about politics with uh, humility. So you got to be able, you know, you have to have a soft skin, not like hard. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to to state your stances, knowing that they may differ. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, it's 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 easy to smile and you know continue on without having to to express your true self to someone because it's discomforting, you know what I mean? So if I, you know, being an African-American man, I want to sit down with even another African-American man and talk about, let's say I voted for Trump, that discourse you know, is just is hard, you know, it's difficult because, you know, people want to feel like, you know, there's inclusion and we're all like-minded, but, you know, on many levels we're not, you know, we're all very different. We all have our own opinions and, you know, those opinions might be ugly especially when it's coming from the person that might look just like you or you might consider a friend. So I think that's the most important thing is, is putting yourself, putting your heart on your, on your sleeve so that they can, you know, at least attempt to try to do the same. Thank you. That's a good answer. Okay, that's good. All right. I would just like to add being empathetic and actually listening to another person because that makes a difference when you actually listen to somebody instead of, um, you know, actively listening instead of thinking about what you're going to say next. Yes, I think that is super important. Um, like Corey was talking about both sides, thinking about both sides and how um, everybody has an opinion and they have reasons for those opinions. And I think that is important to get down to those, not just that their opinion was this. I think it's important to get down to why people are thinking that way and then you can better understand people. So, cool, cool. Um, all right, um, next question is, what do we do now? Have you been inspired by anything that's happened either on campus or because of the election or something you've seen on social media or television? Have you been inspired to do something differently or um, start some sort of movement or anything like that? Stay woke. <laughs> uh, uh, Clayton, can you translate that for our older <laughs> listening uh, audience? Do your best to stay informed. Stay woke, everyone. Slogan of podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Hi, uh, Brian Escobar here. Uh, I was thinking, like, if anything, it made me feel like I needed to be more outspoken. Maybe I didn't speak up enough around family dinner or something like that because I have a lot of very hateful uh, older family members, uh, very uh, tough people to be around, and being kind of like the middle like age group, I should be outspoken more against that sort of talk for the younger people there who are just like when I was you know growing up afraid to speak out saying oh I don't ha have these same visceral hatred and to make something so taboo and blasphemy to even like discuss topics like politics mm -hmm. at the dinner table was just not allowed and to actually kind of come out and say you know what I don't approve of this and this is why and kind of give like a more Socratic question to why do you think this or that I think it's uh, important for me anyways and at least come down to that realization that it made me more um, Know, decided to stand up for myself more and for the other people that were like myself growing up were too afraid to say something. 
Thank you. That's awesome. Corey? Or are you, are you Corey? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Hi, my name is Archon Grewal, And uh, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Uh, the question is, um, have you been inspired to take action in some sort of way after the election or seeing some of the aftermath of the election? Anything that you feel uh, called to do now? Well, you know, after this election, you know, now for future elections, I'm probably now going to be, you know, more informed. Like for this election, you know, I did like three hours of research, you know, on like, you know, the candidates and, you know, uh, also the propositions. Also, um, Dr. Stevens, you know, uh, I heard you passed out like a sheet that showed like the propositions and I realized that could have been helpful. <laughs> Instead of like three, three hours of research and all that, so. Or but use the signal. Yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> so, could save time, but. Yeah. yeah, so after this election, um, for future elections, I'm gonna be, you know, well informed. You know, just do my research. This is my um, second election in which I voted. The first one, my parents were like a big influence. So they're like, tell me, you know, you should vote for this person because of this, this, this. You should vote for that person. You should not vote for this person because of this, this, this. But now for this election, I'm kind of like being more independent. So. Yeah, thank you. That's great to hear. Yay. Corn? I would say uh, a big thing that I was able to get out of everything would be that you can talk about politics in a very educational academic manner um, I was always taught as a kid that uh, two conversations not to have with a lot of people would be politics and religion and I always grew I kind of grew with that stigma with politics that if I even brought up my political view in any way it's gonna result in hostility coming my way and um, now through what we were able to learn in this class and be able to do everything is I feel like I can be able to discuss it in a very in a, in a very formal educational manner and not be afraid of what is to come to follow because you know as our Arjun said is just being able to remain informed and being able to do enough of your background study or your research and you're able to have a reason why you say what you say. So mm -hmm. if um, a certain candidate is doing something you don't like and you feel like it could be backed up, then any hostility that comes your way, you're able to kind of stand your ground about it. Mm -hmm. um, but more importantly, I feel like it's, it's, I'm glad that that stigma was taken away from me, that politics is a conversation not to have in front of people to now where I can dis discuss it and um, in, in a very, like I said, educational manner. Thank you. And yes, I think that's important. I think that's a good way uh, to motivate yourself to be informed because if you want to talk about it and if you're not informed about it, then your arguments kind of crumble and that's an awful feeling to have when you're just sitting there you're like, well, I don't know what else to say. So I think that's important to stay informed so you can have good conversations with people. Um, did you want to answer that? Last question, we're gonna do one last one. Okay, great. Um, so my name is Brittany McCall. Um, as far as it goes with social movements and stuff, like the question was about, 
Um, I think it's important that just because the candidate that you voted for, if you voted for Hillary, obviously, if she wasn't elected, that there was a lot of movements and stuff around her, like um, as far as like social equality and stuff, that I think a lot of people thought that when Trump was elected, that would kind of like, like there wouldn't be as much like fight for that anymore. But it's important that just if you stand for these issues to continue fighting for them, if not more so because the person that you voted for doesn't necessarily support like minority rights. So like to continue fighting and um, like having a stronger, like, I don't know what word to use, like just going out and like supporting the cause that you believe in even stronger now so that things become more equal for people and moving forward socially. All right, thank you. Yes, so like we had the um, solidarity rally um, like a couple of Wednesdays ago and so that was something that people felt inspired to do and we talked about that as well at the social media conference and so that was an important way that students felt like they could get their voices out and they were inspired to do that. And so it was really cool, I got to go to some of it. Um, Jennifer Morales did a really good job she talked a lot and it was awesome. Um, Dr. Steven? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to answer that one um, just briefly to say that um, it, prior to the election, most of my um, most of my charitable giving was uh, Doctors Without Borders. That's always been the case. And then also for um, the Democratic Party, I gave a lot this year. And we talked after the election about shifting that and shifting that to more, um, more direct causal related things. Um, in, including helping to fund the protest at the Dakota Pipeline, mm -hmm. um, looking looking for specific issues of continuing. I've I've supported various women's groups, but looking to support those who have the biggest are going to make the biggest difference. Um, donating to the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center and the ACLU and all of these organizations. I, I don't mean a lot. Like it's not like we have a lot of money, but but deciding where that's going to go instead of uh, instead of letting the Democratic Party make those decisions for me. Like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Instead, um, being more mindful of where that money goes. That <laughs> again, you know, Professor Seller, but still, it's something, um, and it's and it's certainly a political statement. So that that's really important for me, and and also trying to get a local chapter started for um, Hispanic journalists that supports um, undocumented journalists locally is something that mm -hmm. I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, so those are the ways that I'm trying to try to make a difference. I don't know. Um, in ways that I didn't really think as much, I was interested in them, but I didn't get quite as involved before. Seems more urgent now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the last question that I had for you guys is what can students do to make their voices heard about what they care about? Uh, I can say, this is Brian again, uh, you know, whatever form of like art or radio or other mediums that you like to use, express yourself. I mean, there's lots of ways to express and get heard. So if you feel like, you know, you want to be a liberal redneck and, <laughs> and do a YouTube video or something like that, go with it. And, you know, people you know, tur are turned on to stuff like that. So if you find something you can do, you know, you have access to anything now, really. So it's really easy to have your voice put out there, just like we're doing now. Yeah, podcasting. Thank you. <laughs> Podcasts are the best, guys. They're so awesome. Um, anybody else? Yeah. Hello, I'm Shannon McCall, and I think that um, I'm taking a class this semester that actually used to submit a lot of thoughts, comments, and concerns, and story ideas to Signal. 
And so I think that if you have ideas or maybe some concerns, it's always really important to not only to submit it, um, our form is a signal obviously, but I mean to submit it to the Turlock Journal or Modesto Bee or anything like that. And you could um, almost raise awareness or rally people for your concerns and people can also write into those forums and that sort of thing. And I think that having that outlet is really important and you can also, I think that it, it gathers um, more voices so you know that maybe you're not alone. And I think that that's really important. Alright, thank you. Alright, thanks for uh, answering my questions. Good job, guys. Dr. Stevens' turn to ask some more questions. Alright. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part two of our podcast. Um, we talked last week a little bit about uh, preparing for going into Thanksgiving. You guys wrote a little bit about that and what it was going to be like having political conversations and all that kind of fun stuff. And so uh, the first question I have for you, we, we talked about all kinds of tips, such as don't jump into politics. Remember, it's family first. <coughs> right? Um, remember that not having the conversation is not going to get rid of that elephant in the room. Uh, listening to the podcast from the run-up, the how could you, 19 questions to ask loved ones who voted the other way, whatever that is. Um, and various other things, talking about your relationships uh, with each other, asking if um, the other person's views influence <coughs> each other, all that kind of fun stuff. So my question is, how many of you tried out some of this stuff or just jumped right into the <coughs> discussion? In other words, how'd Thanksgiving go? <laughs> Gabby. So I wasn't here last week for that conversation, but um, I went to Missouri for thanks for a part of Thanksgiving, and my aunt, who I totally didn't expect to be on me about politics, was. So they're from Missouri, Kansas area. So she voted for Donald Trump, and she was asking me who I voted for, and I told her I really wasn't I wasn't going to discuss it with her just because I could tell it was going to be a heated argument because I feel like um, she wasn't very informed. I could tell from listening to conversations she was having with my mom because my mom voted the opposite way, so I could tell there was like tension between them two. So, for me it went well, because I told her I wasn't going to talk about it with her, and she actually got very upset with me, and it kind of started like this whole thing, but then when I talked to her about it, I said I would rather just like focus on our relationship, like you can ask me how I've been, like we can talk about that, but I'm not going to talk about this with you, just because I feel like, like you said, family is first, I feel like, so. Mm -hmm. But it was awkward being in a house where my mom voted one way, and then I think the rest of the family voted the other way. Did you and your mom talk about that at all, one-on-one? -on -one? Um... Not really. She asked me who I voted for, and I kind of like to keep her on her toes. So, because uh, she knows my dad votes Republican, and she um, she votes Democrat. So I kind of hinted which way I voted, but I kind of she anyways. I like to have fun with her, but because I know my youngest sister, she's eighteen, she voted for Trump too. And when she told my mom, my mom kind of didn't lose it, but she was just like, "Oh my gosh!" But for, she's eighteen, so. I mean, she did, I don't think she really knew what she was doing. It was just more like my dad raised us a certain way, so that's how she voted. So we kind of talked about it, but it was just more lighthearted with her. Mm -hmm. And how about your aunt? Did she settle down? Did you guys have a, a good rest of the day? Uh, no. No? Oh, bummer. <laughs> bummer. <laughs> I, well, I haven't seen him in a long time, so I think that was part of it. Not really the politics thing. But I think it would have been interesting to talk more about it, like with my grandparents and um, my cousin, because I'm not sure which way she voted. Mm -hmm. But I know... Um, my mom's husband's parents voted for Trump too, which was kind of funny because we were playing apples to apples, which is like that yeah. ch children's game. So I was playing with my youngest sister who's 10 and then her cousin who's 14, and they both know that their grandpa voted for Trump. And then the Hillary Clinton card came up for, um, I forget what it was, like whatever the card, I think it was um, like sassy or something like that. 
so she had played Hillary Clinton, and then she kind of made a joke to her grandpa, and I was like, you guys are 10 and 14, like, how do you know what's going on? But they, they do know, so that was kind of fun, too. That's cool. Good observation. <laughs> nice. Corey? I would say um, for, for my family, we ended up having a very family-first type Thanksgiving. Uh, politics did get, br- did get brought up on multiple occasions, but it was very brief. Um, I remember my brother attempting to do a really poor Donald Trump impression and everybody sympathetically laughing. And I, I got a chuckle out of it because he, uh, he, A for effort. But, um, you know, on that aspect, we, we were all in agreement that we kind of wanted to focus on ourselves. And, uh, when I, and that goes back to us saying, you know, politics not necessarily uh, affecting us directly. Uh, we, I would say the majority of my family did vote Hillary. Uh, it, you know, uh, there were a lot of people that I did talk to that didn't necessarily want to confirm who they voted for. Um, so, I don't, you know, it could vary who they voted for, but uh, the complete observation was it was Hillary and that um, instead of politics, we just wanted to kind of stray away from that and kind of have our own little world of family and, and fun after just the basic conversation of how everything went and a really funny impression so um, it wasn't necessarily a big part of our conversation in, uh, in Thanksgiving but it definitely had a, had a part in it Clayton so I had a plan initially going into Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner <laughs> and it started off good I was just like oh hey guys you know I'm, I kind of asked some questions about politics and then kind of like my, everyone blew me off. And so then I got like aggressive. <laughs> I was like, hey, so what do you think about, and they're just like, yeah, it's crazy right now. And I'm like, you're leaving me hanging. So now I feel like a crazy person because I'm like, I want to know what everyone's thinking. So I'm asking like little kids in the family, like, what do you think about Trump? <laughs> and then I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to like, you know, my parents while they're watching the football game. And I'm just like, did you see on CNN? And they're just like, touchdown. I'm like. You know, I'm the only one that cares now, so I feel like, you know, this this course has changed me. <laughs> and I want to know what people think now, but no one wanted to tell me. Well, maybe next week. Right? Well, no, so so then I asked them the next day. I was just like, hey, so what do you think now? Like, And then, you know, people were starting like, well, you know, like, what do you want me to tell you? And I'm like, everything. <laughs> tell me how you feel, so... You know, I got I got a little bit of information out of people, but you know, it's like people are, are scared. Mm-hmm. People are scared to be honest right now. You know what That's I mean? And I don't care. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, if, I I tell people this is how I this is how I start. I, this is my icebreaker. I hate some black people too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I gotta tell people like, hey, it's okay to be yourself. You know, be comfortable in your skin. Like, I'm not gonna judge you. You know, I mean, as long as you ain't coming at me with a knife, we're good. You know what I mean? So. That was my Thanksgiving. That's cool. Did you learn anything surprising when they finally started to talk? Yeah, that people people are angry, mm-hmm. but you know that people people have these feelings. You know, people have always had these feelings. I've talked to my I talked to my buddies, and you know, one of our good buddies is a you know he's hardcore Donald Trump. He's just like hell Donald Trump, and we're just like you're stupid. But you know, we respect his opinion. We're like okay, well you know we're like you know explain yourself. You know what I mean? Because we like to explain ourselves. You know what I mean? And he always like, oh, you, 
you supported Hillary? And I'm just like, I'm like, hey, listen, it's not about what I'm supporting. I'm not judging you. I just want to know what you think. Cool. And then we drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I think the conversation I had with friends is a lot different than the ones I had with family. I feel like I'm more open with people who are closer to my age because they're more open with their opinions. That's a good cool. point. Very good point. That's interesting. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? Just because I think like we've all been following the election more closely. I feel like it how I personally feel like it's going to affect us more than it is going to affect like the older people. So, I mean, that's kind of just how I saw it. Because I feel like we're more vocal. We're the ones that are actually out there going to do stuff. And like a lot of it does affect like tuition, like college students. I mean, a lot does affect a lot of things. So mm -hmm. I think that's part of, probably part of it. Cool. Because we're woke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gabby and Clayton. Amanda. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, Amanda. All right, hi, I'm Amanda, and my Thanksgiving was a crazy one, but not because of politics. That's a whole other story. Um, we really didn't talk about it because m most of my family all agree on like who we all support. Like we just we all supported Trump. That's just who we were. And the only like exciting thing that we said was when my dad was saying grace. He's like, "Thank God that Donald Trump won." That was the only thing that like. <laughs> was talked about during the election or during Thanksgiving and then everything else was just about like my grandfather seeing crazy stuff on Facebook and I'm just like I don't care about this because it was all about the alt-right news and how he thinks it's super ridiculous and I agreed with that as well because the alt-right's crazy like I can I can attest to that but other than that it was just pretty like uh decent you know it's just family drama as any typical Thanksgiving happens at my house. So, but other than that, it was chill, so. Cool, it's, um, if you don't mind my asking, it's interesting that you brought up that your gra grandpa was, mm -hmm. was bashing on the alt-right news. news. I'm, I'm doing air quotes around news. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, we often, too often, I think, we tend to conflate people who voted for Donald Trump with people who are avid readers of Breitbart and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, did you not get that sense at home? What do you mean? Um, did you not, it, it, it sounds to me like you're providing a really important perspective that everybody in your household was not reading Breitbart and therefore voted for Trump. Yeah. But, so, I would so, love it if you could expand on that a little bit. Well. Not that you are like the spokesperson for all <laughs> Trump voters everywhere. I mean. You're, you're not. <laughs> most, of, most of my family, for the reason we voted for Trump was one, because we're all Republican. And two, just because a lot of his policies were just what we wanted. So it wasn't something that we saw. We don't read the alt-right news. Like, we see past it, see that it's completely ridiculous. And that it's just, like, Breitbart, what, like, why? Like, why are you a thing? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, my both my grandmother and my grandfather, they're separated, but they both have their very similar ideals about what alt like the alt-right movement is and how it's kind of taking people who look at just the right in general and say they're all alt-right and which is not a thing like there's the alt-right and I'm like pushing them to the side kind of thing and then there's the right kind of thing that's that's what we see and then we just we just see them the alt-right movement and we're just like you're making everybody who stands on the right look terrible and because that's what people like that's what they want to focus on but it's just a very select group of people who are like that the very white nas white nationalism that's not what my family idolizes like we're nothing like that like 
and I can't believe people are like that. So, um, if that answers your question, it totally answered my question. Okay. Thank you. No, thanks. Because um, it's a really, it's a really difficult. Um, for having these conversations, I think that's a really difficult thing to get past mm -hmm. for a lot of people, um, are those associations. It, it was interesting, there was a, if you guys are, well, if you're in one of my journalism classes, you're familiar with the AP style book. So AP News is nonpartisan. They are the sort of harbingers of all style. Uh, so any kind of capitalization you see, the way words are spelled, the way sentences are structured, they make all of those rules and then the rest of journalism follows them, for the most part. And they just issued a rule saying that uh, you must define alt-right, that you should use alt-right in quotations, and you should define it because it should not be used to mean Republican or right-wing, that it must be defined to mean neo-Nazi, white nationalist, mm -hmm. racist, <laughs> which is a very different thing than, than the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's uh, One of the things that we talked about over the holidays was how challenging it is to vote outside of your party. When you've voted Democrat your whole life, like I have, I've I have voted for Republicans. There's almost always been local election things, like my local representative. I know my local representative, good dude. I'm gonna <laughs> vote for him, right? or something like that. So it's really interesting. Anyway, thank you mm -hmm. for sharing that. Um, hi, I'm Clara, and I'm finally talking, which is weird because I always talk. <laughs> but um, my Thanksgiving, it was kind of awkward, just with that brother that I mentioned last week. That kind of attacked me on Facebook randomly but for the most part um, nobody else brought up politics at least for the portion of Thanksgiving that I stayed at since they live kind of far away we kind of stay later but um, my nephew actually brought home a uh, foreign exchange student from China so I was kind of interviewing him the whole time asking <laughs> him like what his favorite meal was or like his favorite item so we really didn't talk about it at all but then when I was leaving and I said bye to um, that brother, he was like, oh, you're leaving? We didn't even get to talk. Like, what did you say hello? And I was like, I don't know. It was just awkward seeing him because it changed my whole view that I had of him. Because before I was like, oh, he's my brother and all this stuff. And now I'm like, but you attacked me, though. <laughs> so, like, how do you really feel about me, you know? It just kind of changed my whole view about him. Because I understand if you... Um, don't agree with my political views but it's like attacking me still like to the point where you don't consider that it's somebody that's a family member like I don't know I think that's really extreme because my other brother like I said he also voted for Trump but when I was talking to him about this brother he was just like yeah well Hillary sucks and that's all he said he wasn't like attacking like the other brother so it's just kind of different now and also with his wife because his wife also commented on that one so it was like both of them said something to me so I was kind of like eh. it was kind of weird and then they're um my nephews they were like talking to me about how I'm part of the school newspaper and all that. But they were just kind of like, oh, they actually brought up, they were like, oh, did you hear about like the rally that was out in the quad? And I was like, yeah. And then they were like, did you go? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I actually, I couldn't go because I was doing something else. And then they were like, yeah, it was, it was fine. But then they mentioned that there was another one later that night and that it was crazy. He's like, yeah, the first one was good and everybody was together, but the one that happened later on at night, people were just like arguing with each other and stuff. And I didn't even know there was another one later on at night. But I feel like since they're with their parents and they just go based off of what their parents kind of say, because they are younger than me. So I feel like that was like their way of, <laughs> of like attacking me and trying to find out stuff about me. Whereas the parents just did it online and it made it awkward. So that was that. I just kind of said hi, and I went away. I was like, oh, Chinese foreign exchange student. Let's ask him if he likes turkey. And he did. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he told me that they don't have turkey in China, which I was like, oh, my God. And then I felt bad because I was kind of 
I'm like, since I joined the newspaper, I just interview people without even realizing it. So I brought up like the Chinese dog festival and he was like explaining to me like, no, 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 we don't do that in like our part, all this stuff. Talked about eating pigeons. I was like, yeah. Cool. So no politics for the most part. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Anybody else? Well, I got uninvited to the family dinner. So I guess they were just assuming we'll just preemptively know you're going to talk about politics and religion, <laughs> so you're not coming. That's, uh, that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've lived with this family you know, all my life, and I know how they are. So I guess can't change them, and the best thing I can do is realize that you know, if, if they ever want to listen, they can listen. But for the most part, you know, they're choosing to stick their ears or their fingers in their ears and go, la, la, la. And that's how they've... It's, it's rough coming from, like, parents that act more like a child than you do. You're just kind of like, okay, grow up. Yeah, you're very mature. Yeah. yeah. The, the idea of, like, religion and politics being so taboo that, like, you can't, it's blasphemy to even comment about it. And to have family, like, immediately jump on you to tell you to shut up. And, like, you're not allowed to talk about this. That becomes, like, an issue. And I always had, like, an issue with someone trying to tell me to shut up, so... I don't know why I went to the military, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, an issue with authority, maybe. But yeah. so, um, so what do, what are you planning to do to move forward from that? Uh, again, just showing that like I'm not like this monster they keep trying to play me off as. That you know, if I have normal conversations outside of the holidays, if again, like for the most part my family is avoiding me anyways because of religion and politics. Um, maybe down the road they'll see that I'm not as scary as some people tell I am. Yeah. Well, we enjoy conversing with you about politics and religion, so, you know, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> Talk to us anytime. You're a super nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I only look scary. <laughs> well, I, I know our podcasters can't see Brian, but Brian has the best beard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, He's we have two really good beards. He's 6'5". Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rich. Are you making, are you making a dating profile? He loves to talk about politics. If you're listening to this, you probably love that. Well, at least you can tell by my voice. Yeah. I'm incredibly yeah. sexy. That's why he was an That's right. It's Valley Politics yeah. and... Um, dating podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. All right. Uh, I think the, the last question that I'd like us to kind of explore briefly, if anybody feels like it, is uh, did you learn anything about yourself related to politics through this whole semester and maybe through the holidays? Well, half of them. Amanda, start us off. Well, um, I learned to always make sure, like, I'm not talking out of your ass kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, have an opinion. I mean, opinions are great. You know, it's great to discuss opinions and to have differing views. But try to bring in factual facts behind your opinions. Like, or I guess just factual evidence when you're talking about something that you disagree or agree with. Because there's been too many times that I've seen on Facebook just or in just in general talking where people, they talk about something, but there's no evidence to back it up kind of like the uh, presidential debates, you know. So um, I just think it's important, like, I've learned to bring in other 
elements to my conversation when it comes to talking about politics and I feel like it's important for a lot of people to do that and not to rely on just something that you read on Breitbart or AP, not AP News, I'm sorry, it's like AJ Plus News on Facebook, something like that where it's super, super, super mediated and they just take one thing and it's blow it out of proportion kind of thing. So, you know, look to the New York Times, look to AP News for references or just so you have something to back it up kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. That's what I learned. That's awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Do I see another hand? Clara. I learned that I care about politics in general. Because before, I would just kind of like to live in my own bubble and be like, oh, whatever happens, I'm whatever, I'm here and I'm living my own life. But once I got in, I couldn't find my way out. So I think now um, I'm just going to be more um, informed about politics overall throughout my life so good yeah good go for it joseph um i'd just like to add for myself agreeing with her um that i did learn that i am interested in politics in a sense because before it never affected me directly even though i have you know voted a few times um, in my life but it's just i feel like it's only when it's close to the election and that's it. So now I can be stay I can stay informed all year long and uh, throughout the whole presidency and you know that way I can learn for myself and able to teach my child about politics because I was never taught anything about it. So that's what I've learned and I'm able to pass it on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Politics is personal, right? That's pretty cool. Way to pay it forward. Clayton, did I see your hand up too? Um, I think what I've learned the most is that regardless of your stance or your position or your feelings on government, we are in a nation that is run by a government. And so to be informed on how that government, you know, works and, you know, the machine, the process of it, I think is, is truly important because regardless of whether you want to participate or not, these things are avidly going on around us and it affects us at some point on you know the national level to the local level and I think that's what I've taken into account the most is that even if I don't care I have to care you know otherwise I can go live on like an island where there's like no extradition or something where <laughs> you know yeah thank you um, I think something really important that I learned was I've always been aware of fact-checking, but I, I could honestly say I've never been like the best at fact-checking. And so working on our um, group assignments throughout the semester, being forced to really like delve into finding out whether or not Kinvit um, says something that's true or false, and having to go from AP News into the New York Times and the, the LA Times and top around all these different sites to find out if these quotations or if their claims are real, I think that it made me stronger at finding out those that those facts and information. And I think that that was really beneficial and I learned a lot from that. And um, I mean, obviously I never believed a lot of the weird things my friends post on Facebook, but I mean, it definitely made me more aware of when I see something really odd that they post and automatically looking at the tag that whoever posted it being like, that's not even a thing or um, not that I believed it before. But, um, but to be able to, if I was questioning something, to know what websites to go to that were legitimate news sources to verify their claims. I think that's something that I've learned that I definitely will take away. 
Thanks, Shannon. That's great and, and very, very good to hear. I don't know if you guys saw the Stanford study that came out last week that um, something like a third, is it one third or two thirds of college students? We'll have to fact check that later. I don't remember. It's a big percentage of um, college students who cannot tell real from fake and don't know how to fact check. So yay for knowing how to fact check and understanding that that's an important part of daily life. I think that's really important um, to keep in mind. So good job developing those habits. Yeah, yeah. kind of off of that, I was going to say I learned the same thing. I didn't realize how insanely biased the media can be because I just, like, I used to read CNN, that's all I would read. But then, like, when you read one article on CNN about, like, Hillary Clinton or Trump and then you go and read the same article on New York Times, like, about the same thing, like, it can be two completely different takes on it. So, like, fact-checking was, like, a huge thing for me during this election because I would have voted one way in the beginning, but then when you actually sit down and look at, like, how many people or how many times they've done this or whatever, it completely changes, like, what's being said in the media. So it's, like, more like I took my own personal opinion rather than, like, what CNN said to do or what New York Times said to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that was huge for me, and it was a huge, like, learning thing because you can apply it to a lot of different things, not just politics. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Media literacy rocks. <laughs> Uh, I think that one of the things that I learned through this whole cycle, <laughs> well, I've learned a lot this whole cycle, and I always learn a lot from you guys, from what you share. I don't just mean in your papers, but what you share in class and what your experience is in all this stuff. Um, one of the things that I kind of knew, but I wasn't, I didn't know in my full being the way I do now, is how intertwined we are globally, how important all this stuff is around the world when you see that um, our election is a reflection of this sort of super right-wing push that is global. It's happening in France, it's happening in the UK, it's happening in all of these um, all of these nations and it's so, I know that's such a powerful thing for me and over Thanksgiving, I know I talked to you guys last week and I was like, oh, I was joking around and said I wasn't sure how Robert would have voted my brother-in-law. Well, over Thanksgiving, they all wanted to talk about um, politics, and <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't, <laughs> just because I was exhausted, because we talk about it every week, twice a week, we're doing this podcast, we're just so immersed in it all the time, and I was like, please, I don't want to talk about it again, um, and I, I tried to explain to them why, and then the response was, well, pedagogically, how do you talk about it? And I was like, that's tricky, so now you guys are going to make me talk about it by talking about how I talk about it, <laughs> but <laughs> when we got into the discussion, um, I feel like I owe Robert an amends, even though he doesn't know that I joked about which way he would vote. Uh, but I hadn't thought about global history in quite the same way that I wish I had. Like I understood contextually why the things that were said during the um, during the election campaign were important, and I understood historically what the those dog whistle words meant for racism and hatred. But uh, my my husband is from Romania, so the whole family is from Romania. Um, and they came over here, the, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law won the election that other countries have, not the election, the lottery that other countries have where you can apply to get citizenship in the U.S. And if you win the lottery, you get to come over if you're a certain kind of person. And he's an engineer and she's a professor. And um, they were getting away from what was a dictatorship. Um, Romania was one of the worst of the communist black dictatorships under Ceausescu. Um, my spouse was raised in that environment. Um, Ceausescu fell when he was a teenager. And so they took this election even more seriously than we did. 
um, they, they're very frightened by the things that Donald Trump says and did say um, to an epic scale. And for them, this is uh, reminiscent of all kinds of awful language that they've heard in the past. And so when they wanted to talk to me about politics, it wasn't just talking to me about politics. It was talking to me as the token American about how, they know how our system works, but we were talking about checks and balances and all of those things um, and what it means to have something like this happen in America. So it was just a very, it was a much heavier, heavier, heavier conversation that I anticipated having. So, um, but I felt prepared thanks to you guys whew, with all of your questions and our conversations. So anything else you want us to do or, or add? Producer Mariah? I think that that was good. Um, thank you guys for uh, having podcast episodes. I've enjoyed listening to them. Well, we're... Stay woke. Uh, stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. Yay. I love it. I'm just going to put that in the product, the description of the podcast. That'll be it. I think that's a good one. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Central Valley Politics Podcast. Brought to you by the Student Media Center at California State University, Stanislaus. Home to The Signal, student-run newspaper, and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative radio station. You can find both online at csusignal.com or kcss.net. Special thanks to your host, Dr. Shannon Stevens, and all the students in her political communications class. It was a pleasure talking with you all. Also to our engineer, Kyle Rankin. Our next episode will feature updates about local candidates and election results, so make sure to check that out as well. If you have anything you would like Central Valley Politics to talk about in future podcasts, make sure to let us know by tweeting The Signal at CSU Signal or Dr. Stevens at Shannon Stevens. You can also email us at standstatepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and make sure to check out our other episodes on SoundCloud, kcss.net, or csusignal.com. This is Mariah Esparza at Stan State, where we will continue doing our part to save the vote.